Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Ready to talk some NBA. We had a lot of great games and great stories to come out this uh, past weekend. Hell yeah, we did, dude. And to start it off, we got maybe the the best news for, you know, people like us who whose teams are not in the playoffs, and that is that Zion Williamson has officially declared for the NBA draft. Um, so he has not hired any sort of representation yet, so he can technically withdraw his name um, and go back to Duke, though I don't think anybody thinks that's, you know, in the cards. Um, but, I mean, you never know. I mean, fuck, if, if Cleveland wins the, the fucking lottery, like, I don't know, maybe he's like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go back to Duke for a year. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It's, it's, there, there's, there is there is a non-zero chance that that, that, that happens. Um, but anyway, as of now, he has declared. Um, so how excited are you that we're going to get to see Zion on the next level, Dewan? or at the next level, rather. And we've talked a little bit about, like, the teams that we kind of want to see him on. Um, yeah, I mean, you you pretty much just have one team. You want him on the Knicks. Um, of course, I want no, him on the Hawks. No, that's not true. But I, okay, all right. Well, do, do you have a top three for both? Like, both ways? Yes. Okay, great. All right, well, give me the top three teams that you would like to see him on, and then we'll we'll touch on the teams we don't want to see him on after that. Okay, first, I would love, I mean love, to see Zion uh, team up with Devin Booker and um, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, who really came into his own at the end of last year, and Devin Booker, a guy that we know can go ahead and get you um, 30, between 30 and 60 um, on any given night. Um, I think if they were able to find a way, uh, Joel was telling me, pretty much impossible to do it. But if they could find a way to swing things and get Lonzo, um, as long as they were able to keep their pick, Aiton and, and Booker, um, that team to me would be my dark horse um, to make noise. Obviously not win the, the finals, but to make noise in, in that sixth, seventh, or eighth seed um, next season. Um, so I, oh, Wait, wait. I got, I got to address this real quick. Um, yes. So you want to put – you want to put Zion, Aiton, and Lonzo all on one team together, three guys who are not necessarily known for their shooting and perhaps are all less than good shooters? Here's why. Hear me out. Lonzo, Devin Booker desperately needs someone that can get him, that can not only put him in, in great positions, but he also needs a buffer. Aiton is a guy who, like you saying, uh, like you were saying, doesn't shoot, but his post presence is very much so there. Um, so he, he's very much right offensively. Defensively, to me, it's something that needs to be worked on, but it can be fixed. It's very not like so. he's completely blind of, of playing defense. It could just be tough. He's so that's gotten up. better throughout the year. When he started the season, right, he was right. fucking terrible, um, and right. he's not fucking terrible anymore. He's just playing bad. <laughs> Right, but that is a work in progress. And to me, yes, I look I'll at Zion. This, I look at Zion the same way I'm now looking at Blake. Remember, Blake was exact. Let me let me let me preface this first, uh, so you don't jump on me. 
Blake yeah. was said to have just been a dunker coming out of college. Yes. Like, he's just going to be that explosive dunker. And a lot of people are branding Zion as such. Right. I think that branding is unfair, but there are a lot of people branding him as such. Very unfair. But Blake is the perfect example to show you that through hard work and the right um, – I don't want to say right leadership, but the right person kind of kind of helping you along, you could easily move out of that. Like, Blake is now so – I don't want to say three-dimensional, but, like, there's so many different aspects to Blake now. He's not just the guy that's going to dunk on you. He's out – he actually he's, hasn't really he's, had highlight reels since he's uh, developed his game more. Yeah, he's three-dimensional offensively. Like, I mean, he can handle the yes. ball. He can facilitate – um, like pass uh, as good as you know, better at least better than average. I I would wouldn't call him an elite passer, but he is a a good to great passer, um, especially for his position. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, has has handled the ball a lot this year and can still score and can shoot now. So like, right. yeah, I think that's four. Like, I mean, offensively, he's got everything that you want in an offensive player. Um, so, yeah, and, I mean, I definitely think Zion um, could develop all of those same skills even faster um, right. and be be an elite defender as well. Um, but, okay, I mean, so I, 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 I'm with you with, with Booker and ball fitting. I, I'm, I, I could be down with Booker and Zion fitting – Booker and Aiton, it seems like it might work out. I just don't like all four of them together is is my point. I like I like all four of them together because I think not only can Lonzo help get everyone in their sweet spots and, and kind of make them really comfortable when it comes to scoring so they don't really have to get it all on their own all the time. And we saw it last year, on, well, technically this year, um, on the Lakers how just Lonzo – help that entire team defensively um, because of what he was Absolutely. able to do. It, it was a different, it was a different looking Lakers team when he was on the court. So just picture this, like, let's say, uh, let's say um, Devin Booker is like your, uh, your Carmelo type. Like he's just never going to play defense. If you can right. get Lonzo, Zion, and just Aiton, you can get those three key guys to lock in defensively. That's more than enough to carry you through. Yeah. I'm not trusting more Aiton than there. That. I understand, I mean, but what do we say? What do we say? That's fixable. Like he's not a mellow guy that just yeah. flat out is just never going to play defense. It's fixable. Yeah, but it all depends I on if, say, if he's able to do it. Yeah, and if he's just smart enough basketball IQ wise. Um, well, and that's I don't you know, want to say that. Yeah, he can. we'll see. I don't want to say that he. Can. Yeah, like, mellow fresh out of high. I mean, fresh out of college, just wasn't going to because they didn't make him play it in college. So you knew he just wasn't going to ever play defense. Booker seems yeah. to be that same way. I don't see that. Well, with let me see a this. guy who's not polished defensively. Yeah, let me. Let, I'll, I, I got two points to this, and then we'll move on here. Next one. When, when it comes to Aiton, can he make the same type of step that Harden made to where Harden is a an okay defender now? Where he was fucking atrocious because he just didn't try, you know, the, you know, a couple seasons ago. Um, yes, I think he can make that leap. But problem with even him making that leap is defense is, in my opinion, um, it, it's different 
position to position in the sense that it, in the sense of its value, um, it, it's much more important to be better than average to great um, defensively if you are the center than if you are uh, like a stretch four like Mello would be in today's NBA or if you're a point guard. Um, I mean, you can list any number of point guards um, that are not good defensively, but, you know, there's enough around them to be able to, um, to be able to kind of cover that. Um, I, I don't know if he can reach the level defensively that you would really need your center to be, I guess is my point. No, I, I see where you're coming from, but let's remember this. What was the biggest thing that helped Harden become okay defensively? Um, D'Antoni uh, surrounded him with defensive-minded guys, P.J. Tucker, Trevor well, Ariza. Um, so and, it was easier. And D'Antoni's system, system essentially, he catered his whole defensive system around Harden and protecting Harden. Um, so that right. was big, too. Right, the same way. The same way, but you um, can't do that. Then, that's what I'm saying. You can't do that for a center. Like you can't. You no. can't. No, you're absolutely right. You can't. You can't hide him from that. But what you could do is by surrounding him with defensive-minded guys, you could kind of coddle him into the idea of going from, like you said, bad to just decent. Like you have to just be decent enough, not getting yourself in foul trouble. And being able to protect the rim enough to where teams are like they're not rushing to try to get into the paint with you. Right. Um, and that was the evolution. That that's why I said um, just mentorship helps. Like I was telling Joel uh, the other day, DeAndre Jordan did such a great job mentoring Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson yeah. before DeAndre got there was fouling out every game, like almost every cool. game. You, you it, know who would have been a great mentor watch. for Aiden? Who? Tyson Chandler. <laughs> yes, he would have been. I agree. I do agree. Tyson, let's, let's not forget, Tyson Chandler, who came out of high school, didn't come into uh, his own until he got to Dallas. Um, Very true. Where he really took form. Um, so, to me, I, I'm just saying, these guys work out with, with Hall of Famers uh, during the offseason all the time. They talk with each other all the time. If he wants to, and whoever the coach is, whoever the leadership is, if they put it in his mind, Lonzo could help that team a lot. And then getting Zion, that's another dimension of defense that could help you. I, I like that. I like the idea of that Booker, Lonzo, Zion, and, and Aiden. I don't know who I'd get in the third or fourth spot. It doesn't matter. But I yeah, because like you'd have to give up a lot. Spot. I mean, I guess Ubre would be your guy because you'd have to oh, trade yes. Mikael Bridges and I'm so sorry. TJ Warren. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's jo- Joel really likes that kid. I- I've come to really like that kid. Um, yes, I would want him in my three He's and Zion well in my Phoenix four. Since the trade. Yes, he has. Yeah, I mean, it would it, it would be a very skilled lineup. I just I, I just don't necessarily like it on paper. But we we we've already exhausted way too many minutes on this team. But let's move on to your second one. All right, my second theme is the Chicago Bulls. Um, they have not had a force like this since Michael Jordan. I think if you um, you put Levine, uh, Marketing, um, Wendell Carter, I believe, is the, the, the center for them. 
Um, yeah. I like the dimension of that team. Um, and I do think the Bulls were starting to kind of catch their stride. I think um, Bulls could be in the mix next year, um, kind of the same way the Nets were this year. Excuse me. I think we all can agree that sixth, seventh, eighth seed is up for grabs, completely up for yep. grabs. Um, oh, yeah. Even going into next year, I don't think anything will drastically change the idea that six, seven, and eight will be up for grabs. Um, so uh, I, I 100%. I mean, go ahead. It, it, free, it depends on a lot on free agency. I mean, no, it's no, no, like. No, no, no. I'm saying drastically change. Like, we look at the West, and we can, we can already go ahead and say one through eight is somewhat locked up. I don't think we could say that for the East. And, and I'm saying I don't think anything will drastic like I don't think any big yeah I just will go I'm to just Detroit, saying I, I, Nets, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point I'm just saying like free agency could play a big part in in changing that narrative to where there's two spots instead of three or you know whatever very true but there will be very there will be an open there, there it I agree with you in the sense that there there the likelihood that there will be eight teams that you know we look at that are like well it's going to be like these eight teams, or you know, whatever, is 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 very very slim to none. No, yeah, I completely get what you're com- where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, Bulls are are my second team. I won't spend too much time on that. Bulls are my second team. Um, I definitely yeah, think I, the I pairing. I do want to mention this real quick about the Bulls. Yeah, because I I I've kind of come around on it. Um, in this sense, I would trade Wendell Carter. Try like try to find somebody who you could trade him to to get some kind of value back. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what value you would get for him, um, but he is, you know, still like a, I think I, you know, I think he had a pretty good first season. Um, but like, if you could have your essentially, you know, outside of your point guard, you you would have, um, you know, like Levine. Um, uh, Otto Porter, Zion, and then Markin sliding him over to the five and using Zion as kind of your your shield defensively. I think it, at, at least offensively, that team would be fucking great because you would have a stretch five, you would have a two and a three who are both elite shooters. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call Levine an elite shooter, but he's a high volume shooter who. You, you don't like hold your breath when he when he shoots from long distance. Um, and Porter is an elite shooter. Porter is a fucking great three point shooter. Um, so if you had those four pieces and then could find a way to get a point guard, even say trading down in the draft to pick up like trading Wendell Carter and, and maybe a, a, a another small piece or something um, to, to pick up a guy like say Kobe White, um, you know, in, in the middle of uh, depending on how high he goes, or Darius Garland, or something like that, um, like maybe that could work out. Or even Lonzo, if you could put together a package for Lonzo, even though he's, you know, the shooting is still not there. Um, but I, I, there are aspects of it that I do like. They would just the biggest thing is they would need to find a point guard um, to, you know, kind of fit um, with the rest of those, you know, that unit. Um, but I think that would be like your kind of move if you if you are you know in position to get Lonzo. Yeah, and all I'm saying is 
I remember last week when, when I mentioned this to you, you were like, Juwan, no way. Like, that, no, it sounds stupid. No, I don't want the Bulls to get to get yeah. Zion. And now you're kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, well, Luke and I had a pod where we talked about it. Um, and it, it I, I, I contemplated the notion of if they got Zion and the Hawks got Jaw Morant and, you know, we're in position to draft Morant and then, like, another player at, like, seven, eight, or nine. Uh, with the Mavs pick, then maybe a trade could happen there. And Luke was just mm-hmm. like, "Dude, you're you're fucking high on crack. Like, no one's trading Zion Williamson. Like, come up with a different plan if they get Zion, because that plan ain't happening." And I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> so yeah, I had no to like, one, sit no down and like Zion. think about it. Uh, right. So I had to like kind of sit down and think about it, and that's kind of what I came up with. So, but I mean, yeah, I could see it. I mean, still, it's like it's a big issue. Um, I don't. I really am not a huge fan of Levine. That to me, like that's kind of a weak link on your team. Um, I know you love him. I know he scores like crazy. You love these guys who score and play zero fucking defense. Devin Booker, <laughs> Zach Levine, like you love these fucking dudes. Um, but like, if you have them, that's fine. But you have to have you have to have an elite defensive point guard because they're not point guards, um, and you need uh, you need. You need one quality fucking guard in your backcourt. Like, okay, let's say this. Like, let's say, um, you know, New Orleans is, is deciding we're liquidating, we're, we're selling, you know, selling the farm and everything because, we, you know, we got to trade Anthony Davis. So if you could, like, put together a package for fucking Drew Holiday and put him on that team, like, yeah, sign me the fuck up, dude. If you got, like, Drew Holiday – Fucking Zach Levine, uh, Otto Porter, uh, Zion, and then uh, Markkinen. Like, fuck yeah. That is a fucking – that would be probably the, the like, number one league pass team uh, for I- anybody outside of Chicago. Um, God, I, I, I would be – I'd so be pissed that, like, WGN is not a thing anymore. Because <laughs> um, I would want to watch all of those games. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's just – you know, you, there's not that many elite defensive point guards, and you would need one of them to to perfectly complement the rest of the roster. I don't disagree, but as long as you keep Levine there, then then I'm completely fine. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, so my third team is the most obvious, so I'm not going to go into it because it's just obvious, the Knicks. Yeah. Um, of course, I want yeah. the Knicks to get Zion, and then I'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that it makes sense. Uh, so I'll start with my most obvious. Obviously, Atlanta. Um, I just think a, I think that would be the best fit for him as far as the pieces that are already assembled. Um, particularly Trey Young. Um, the two of them playing together would be fucking awesome to watch. Um, that would be like the league pass team next year if that happens. Um. And, you know, the fact that they would hopefully, depending on the draft lottery, also have a number uh, nine or ten pick coming from Dallas where they could add, you know, some more perimeter help. Um, I I think it would be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, You would obviously have shooters around him. Um, John Collins isn't like a great three-point shooter, um, but he's – you know, I think he shot 31, 32% this year um, and, and is improving. Uh, he could kind of play the role of your stretch five. His defense 
very much improved down the stretch of the, of the season as a paint protector. Um, so I, I wouldn't have, um, it, you know, in today's NBA, I wouldn't have that much fear of sliding him to the five. Um, and then, you know, you just fucking let uh, essentially Trey has John Collins, who he's already developed a rapport with, and Zion Williamson, who's like the most athletic uh fucking beast of a man to come into the NBA since LeBron. Uh, like, just, he fuck, just throwing lobs everywhere. Um, essentially, it would be like the new Lob City. Um, only, like, uh, like, really young and with plenty of time to grow. Um, like, the, 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 the ticking clock wouldn't be there. Um, so, I mean, it would be awesome. Uh, you know, I, I, I just fucking think it would be so much fun to watch. Um, especially for me as a Hawks fan. Um, do, do you want to comment on that at all? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I, just, I don't know how I'd feel knowing that you had Trey last year and then Zion this year. Um, I loved everything you said. Um, if I didn't know that you were a Hawks fan, I, I would be completely fine with it. But knowing that you're a Hawks fan, the same way, you know, <laughs> deep down, Deep down, you don't really want the Knicks to get Zion, which is fine. I, I don't want you to get Zion either. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Come on, Nick. Be honest. Be honest. No, I no. I mean, I, I, I he's the Knicks are definitely not on my list of. If they're not on either of my lists. Um, but like they're they're um, like it's not that I don't want them to get him. I don't want the Knicks to get him and then fucking trade him because they get Kyrie and KD. Um, and then trade him for AD. Like I don't want him in New Orleans. <laughs> like that would well, not see, like you that. Say that. We've seen that story you, play out twice now. You say that, and, and I don't necessarily. Even if they wait, 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 and even if they keep him, if they keep him, then like, and they get those guys, um, then it's like, how much can he really shine when he's like, you know, playing, you know, behind Katie and Kyrie, who are gonna want, you know, fucking. 20 to 30 shots each a game, like, it's just, at that point, it's like, I want the Knicks to just get really good role players. Um, like, you know, make a trade for a Robert Covington who can play fucking defense and, and hit threes. Um, you know, make, maybe try to make a trade. There's so many assets now. Make a trade for, like, a Josh Richardson in Miami. Like, he'd be a nice fit. Um, there, there's plenty of players, but, like, Zion wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't want, Zion to come into a situation where he's asked to be a role player, which is essentially what he would be in that scenario. So I, I wouldn't mind him going to New York if, it, if KD doesn't go there, um, you know, because that means, like, no one's going to go there. And then, you know, then it's like Zion's team and, like, everything's constructed around Zion. And that is, See, like, that would be fun. That would be super fucking cool. See, the reason I don't want that specifically is because I don't, like, I, I know I said it before, and I'm sounding a little hypocritical, um, and I'll make this quick, but I don't want Knox at the three, Zion at the four. I desperately don't sure. want that. Um, I think Zion at that point I, I, I don't want Knox required... in my starting lineup. <laughs> well, Nick, just, just stop hitting on Knox. Um, I don't want – Hey, I don't man, think, I think... It, it, he's my Kyle Lowry. <laughs> God bless you. That that's a huge hill to be on, but all right. Um, I, I don't. I hey don't man, want. If, I think if he gets more efficient. I'll stop ragging on him. 
necessarily oh, right. like, efficient. As horrible as Kyle Lowry is, you guys still wouldn't let me get away with that. But anyway, um, I think Knox needs another year. I think he needs another year, and I think you putting Zion with him does not help his development whatsoever. Um, I think yeah. Trier would benefit more from Zion than, than Knox would. Yeah. So I, I do prefer – I agree. I do prefer Durant and Kyrie with trading Kevin Knox um, for him to go somewhere where he's able to actually grow. Um, oh, yeah. I've said it before. I think issue. I think you guys should totally fucking try to package Kevin Knox and Nilakino or Dennis Smith Jr. Um, to get Robert Covington. Like, Robert Covington would be so fucking perfect. Yeah, you're overpaying for him, I guess, because of the potential that those guys could be. Um, but if you get Kyrie and KD... Um, and like you can you can trade for a guy like Robert Covington, like who's like I mean we've seen the drop off in defense of Philly, um, and they traded for a defensive minded player in Jimmy Butler. He's just not the defender that Robert Cover- Covington is. Um, like that would be fucking amazing. I like Robert Covington to me is like the most fascinating player going into this offseason. Like I think there's going to be so many teams that want to get him, um, and like I I just can't wait to. see see, um, you know, what kind of offers might kind of be thrown Minnesota's way because I don't look at that team and say, like, we really need to keep Robert Covington. Like, why? What What is he helping you achieve? Um, he doesn't like, – you don't have the necessary talent to warrant, like, valuing that type of role player so highly. Um, I, I mean, I think the Rockets – the Lakers, uh, the Knicks, uh, you know, things break uh, a particular way. The, the Warriors, if they lose KD, there's so many teams that, that should be really fucking pursuing him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if you get those guys, you should totally trade Knox. If you get Zion and you don't get those guys, that wouldn't do that, though. I mean, I would try to keep Knox and play him at three um, and just cross your fingers that the inefficiency – um, gets better over time, which it should. I mean, you, you got nowhere to go but up. It's just a question of the, how far up he can go. I'm with you. I'm completely with you. All right. So my second team, and you laughed at this last time, Memphis. I I just like I love the fucking fit of Zion and Jaron Jackson playing together. Jaron Jackson, a defensive-minded big, who's you know played the four mostly this season, but long term is a five. Um like I I think he would be fucking fantastic next to Jaron Jackson. You'd have the best uh four or five young four or five combo in the league. And because Jackson can space the floor, it opens up so much fucking interior uh space for Zion to where he could just fucking go to the bucket um and like just fucking make plays. Uh I, I think that would be fucking awesome. The, the the biggest question there is with Conley, what do you do? Do you keep him? Do you trade him? I don't know. I would probably keep him um, just because you still owe a pick to, to Boston. Um, like, so you, you, not, you probably don't want to like tank super hard. Um, but, like, you know, regardless of what they did there and, and how that situation turned out with the pick that they eventually owe to Boston, um, like, that would be fucking awesome. Like, just those two guys playing together uh, long-term would be so much fun to watch uh, for me personally. 
regardless of what city it's in. Because I know it's Memphis. It's like the super small fucking city. It's like the like one of the smallest cities in the NBA. Um, but like they do have a really good fan base when their team is good. Um, you know, kind of like the Hawks. I mean, not everybody can be fucking Madison Square Garden and sell out or or the fucking Bulls and just sell out regardless of how good your team is. Um, so, but, like, if they got Zion, they'd be fucking selling out some games. It'd be, like, dude, it'd be so much fucking fun to for those guys, you know, for, you know, the fans in Memphis to go see, like, somebody that fucking awesome. They'd go do it. Um, and yeah, I just, I fucking love that pairing. I think Zion, I really want to see him with a stretch five, um, uh, as, as well as like a, a really good facilitator. And if you do keep Conley, you'll have both. Um, now you do have the question of how do you fill out the wings? Um, but you know, hopefully you could, you know, figure out a couple moves to make, um, to where you could do that. Uh, but yeah, and I, I really like that. Uh, it's definitely my my second option. Do you want to uh, take any time to poo-poo that again? Uh, no, I mean it, it's the same thing as before. I get what you're saying about basketball, um, how it fits basketball-wise. I'm just talking to me as someone who likes watching basketball. I don't want to watch the Memphis Grizzlies, even if it has Zion in the jersey. It just it it bores yeah. me. Like the 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 way they play basketball is so prehistoric to today's uh, basketball, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so, but, unless but they drastically the change, it wouldn't be. Then, yeah. I don't know. I think it wouldn't be if they got those two guys because they'd be kind of like, you kind of don't have a choice at that point. Like, you've got to fucking Well, I'll say this. you got to kind of change. I'll say this, Nick. The, the past four head coaches they've been through, it seems like they've played the same consistent basketball all through those four head coaches. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that, but, I mean, they've had um, kind of structurally a very similar roster. I mean, they've lost pieces, um, but they haven't really replaced those pieces with anything of significance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from there. I, I could see that as a concern. I just think that if you if you had those two guys, the fact that you would have a stretch five and actually move him and play him at the five um, and then Zion at your four, like – I don't know. I think it would just kind of change the flip the script. It changed the whole dynamic. Um, but you know, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it's just like a culture thing, like with the city and all that. And they'd want to try to put Zion and Jackson in a box of, you know, what you're expected to do. And, and I don't know, maybe they would know in fucking Memphis, they try to play Zion at the three, put Jackson at the four and then uh, play Valanchunas at the five instead of just trying to trade him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I, if, if it were done right, I would really like it, but you do pose a good question that there is a big, if there, <laughs> like in the sense of that whole equation. Uh, but anyway, all right. My, um, uh, my final choice, I think just for, you know, posterity's sake, um, and the fact that they're kind of cash strapped and they, you know, they can't really make a whole lot of moves um, to get better, but they're, they're always in the mix. They're always a good team. Um, like, I just think it'd be really fun if he went to Miami. Um, like, I mean, you, you would have like a good kind of young ish core there with him and Josh Richardson 
uh, and Justice Winslow. Um, you know, maybe you still have Dragic. Maybe he opts out and tries to get, you know, one final kind of extended contract. Um, who knows? But you, regardless, you know, at least in two years' time, you have those two guys coming off the books. You have uh, Whiteside coming off the books. Um, his fit with Adebayo isn't the best um, as far as Adebayo's inability to stretch the floor. But, like, defensively, God, those guys would be fucking amazing. Um, and honestly, I really have been impressed with Winslow as the kind of facilitator um, role. Uh, so, like, I probably would just kind of double down on that and, like, use him as the point guard. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, you'd have Richardson, you'd have Zion, you'd have Adebayo. That would kind of be your young core that you're building with. Um, and then maybe you can swing some kind of deal at a trade or, you know, make some kind of move, um, you know, uh, in free agency at some point um, to, to kind of complement those guys. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that – I just think that would be a lot of fun. I think the fact that Miami is, like, always kind of a relevant team regardless. Like, sometimes they make the playoffs – Sometimes they barely miss it, but they never, they're never shitty. Like they haven't been like a shitty team since they got Dwayne Wade. Um, and, you know, that's, I think that's important. I think that's like, as far as like Adam Silver looking at, like, you know, trying to prevent tanking and everything, like I, I would want to see him end up on a team like that, um, you know, that, that, you know, isn't a tanking team. Um, the odds, of it are slim to none. Um, but I don't know. I just think it would be kind of fun um, to see him in, with those young guys there um, and see them kind of turn the page with D Wade retiring in comes Zion. Here's your new guy. Like, you know, let's keep that same energy kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my third option. What do you think? I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, mainly because I feel as though, Miami, um, you know, I'm just picturing in my head as you were talking, like the idea of Miami being uh, possibly in the running for that eighth spot, seeing Dwayne Wade come back to the game as a fan um, and, and kind of cheering these guys on as, as he's, um, yeah, you know, as they're balling awesome. out. Like, it's just such a beautiful yeah. thing to, to, to imagine. So the idea of that, yes, great. Um, my issue with Miami is – quite the same as my issue with Memphis. The way Spolstra and Riley have structured this team seemingly, seemingly has not changed for what seems to have been a very long time. Um, <laughs> so they have, to, they have to change up how they go after guys, how they draft guys, because last year was ridiculous, Nick. They had like eight of the same kind of in one position. It was just like, what, yeah. what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing here? So they had to kind of completely blow everything up. Like, they would have been the perfect team to to be in a lottery situation. One, because you can kind of, like, Pat Riley can kind of attract uh, veterans to come want to, you know, coach up Zion and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. it's Miami. Like, who wouldn't want to live in Miami? Um, right. So they'd put themselves in a great spot if they were uh, in contention for the lottery. But, um, but they yeah, are. they like – Oh, wait, they are? Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. They are. 
Oh, no, no, no. I, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think what I was thinking was, like, the, the teams the that seem like – No, no, no. I, I was thinking more so the teams that seem like a lock, like the, the top oh, three, maybe to yeah, five yeah. teams. Yeah, like I said, it's a long shot. Like, it's like – it's maybe 2% chance that they would get right. the number one pick. Um, yeah, that's but like, what I, mean, I was that's, thinking. That's, that's where I have to go down the list because, like, I mean, God, there's there's way more teams that I don't want him on than I do, you know. So, um, <laughs> but but yeah, all right. Well, maybe we could just make this a smooth transition. The teams we don't want him on. Um, let's try to rattle these off a little quicker because we still got a lot of things to to cover here. Right. Um. All right. So the teams I don't want him on: Cleveland. Don't want him there. Lakers. Don't want him there. I know a lot of people are going to say it's impossible to go to Lakers. We've seen crazier things happen. Um, so that's two. And then three, I'm going to say they don't have that big of a shot, but I don't even want the idea of it being a, a possibility. I don't want them in Charlotte. Um, they clearly have no idea oh, what to do no. with star talent. Um, the fact that you yeah. wasted almost uh, Kemba's entire 20s is ridiculous. Um, yeah. But no, I don't, I don't want them in those three places. Wait, what was your first one? I missed it. Oh, I'm sorry. Cleveland, Lakers, and Charlotte. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cleveland's definitely on my list. Lakers are definitely on my list. I don't want them in either of those fucking teams. I don't want them in Charlotte either. And there's a bunch of other teams that I don't want them to go to, but my number one, you know who it is. It's fucking Dallas. God, you not want. Like, I mean, mainly because of the implication of what it would mean. It would mean that you know we didn't get that pick um, conveyed to us. Uh, but like, also, I I don't like the fit either. Um, like, I, I've seen several people say that, oh man, he'd be great in Dallas. Like, I've seen a bunch. I've watched a bunch of like um, YouTube videos and different stuff on people's opinions on where Zion fits best. And a lot of them have Atlanta as the top. But, you know, a lot of them also have – Dallas is one of the teams that he would he would fit in very well with. And it's just like talent-wise, sure. Like, But, like, positionally, like, I think if you're Dallas, you, you, like, ideally what you really want to have is you want to have KP playing the, the five. You want to have um, – um, Luca playing the point forward Hito Turgaloo role um, a, a, as like your four defensively, and then build everything around that where you have like essentially like elite wing players, two elite or you know two solid wing players, we'll say, and then I think they're already got their like quote unquote point guard dude in Jalen Brunson. Brunson's is fucking good, dude. Like Brunson's. Brunson's helped win them games when Luca's not on the court, like a few fucking times, uh, you know, down the stretch of the season. Um, I, I think he, like, he, he might be one of those kind of steals, like a Malcolm Brogdon type, that you know, an early second rounder that turns out to be much better than people gave him credit for because he was a, you know, uh, an older college player going into the draft situation. Um, but Brunson's been fucking good. Um, I think if you can get, you know, uh, essentially like, you know, two guys on the wing um, who who can be good defensively, um, like that's that's kind of what you need. Um, 
so like I I I also don't like the fit, but I I will not you know I I, I will let my bias be known. The main reason that I don't want to go there is because I want that fucking pick, <laughs> um, and I and like I just we've 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 talked about it before the, the all the shit that's gone on in Dallas, and we don't have to like go back into it. But like I just don't fucking like Dallas anymore. Like I I, I will always have a special place in my heart. For like 2011, Dallas, Dirk, like winning a championship, like that's fine. But like Dallas now and Cuban, like lost all respect for him. Like fuck them. I don't want to see them get anything good. Like I hope they just fucking. I hope they're garbage. Um, for all of Luca's, uh, like I hope they Demarcus Cousins his ass. Like they're just garbage for so long. That like you know essentially when when uh, Luca comes up you know in six or seven years when he can you know move on to a different team he 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 gets that opportunity and does so because um, I don't want to see anything good come Dallas's way because fuck them <laughs> but uh, I, I but yeah no I, I completely I completely understand what you're saying and I don't necessarily disagree at all especially with the idea of um, uh, Cuban. But I, I'm I'm sorry, Nick. I think uh, I love what you know how much I love watching Luca and and how much I did love KP um, and the idea that Dallas has a newer version of Nash in, in Dirk. I'll say this: I'm only watching them because it's fun to watch them. I don't necessarily need them to win. Is that fair? Is that something you can accept? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, cool. Then we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it right at that. What's that? But um, hello. Yeah, I'm here. What's that? Okay. Um, no, I was just gonna say, as far as the fit, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I I don't really like the fit at all. Um, mainly because if you watch Luca a lot less, uh, a lot this year, I keep saying last year, like we're already in, in the new year. Um. He kind of seems like he's more eager to score sometimes. Now, to be fair, he kind of had to, um, but he seems more eager to score than to pass. That is the nod I give Trey over Luca. Trey passes more than Luca does. So if you got Luca looking to shoot 30 times, well, (laughs) true, very true. Um, But if you got Luca looking to shoot 30 times, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just moving on from it. Oh, yeah, okay. Luka. Luka I just want you to acknowledge that, like, he's fat I, and he lost a lot of steam going down the stretch of the season because he's fat and because he couldn't take the 82 game schedule and the, you know, the amount of uh, of player usage that an NBA season, you know, time out, time brings out, time out. to a player. Time out. To be fair, KP was skinny as a toothpick and he couldn't handle 82. Uh, games in the season his first year. He couldn't do it either. Okay. Um, so All right. Really fine. Well, regardless, he doesn't I have think, the stamina, whether it's because he's no, fat he doesn't. or because like, he doesn't. whatever reason I you want to give it. He, I think he can get in shape. I think he can get in shape, and he'll be better. Same I do, KP too. Was better the very next I year. do, too. Um, I do, too. But if, if KP's shooting 30 times uh, a game and Luke is looking to shoot the same amount of times a game, it's just it, it, where does Zion fit in there? Um, but I will say yeah. the idea of KP at the five and Zion at the four defensively um, is really good. Mm. <laughs> if you're down. Oh yeah, um, I, I do like I that, that idea. I just, 
I just wonder yeah. how you fit Luca into that mix. Um, not easy. And it's, I'm not saying, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it can't be done. You just need like the two other kind of perfect fit players around them to do so. And I don't like Luca can't guard guards. Like he can't. Like he gets shook by him. He's just not like that's. He needs to. You need to be able to hide him at the four defensively. Um, now maybe maybe Zion could guard wings. Like I I still think that's a possibility. So like that would be like my hope. Um, if if that situation were to happen, well, not really. But that would be the best case scenario if that situation were to happen. Um, would be that he could guard you know uh, essentially wing players. Um, and then offensively just wreck the paint. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I would just, I, I feel terrible about it on, on so many different levels. Um, if that were to happen. So yeah, obvious number one, um, but Hey, we got to move on. Um, so it's, it's made official. We'll be quick on this one. It's been official. Um, Luke Walton, is now the head coach of the Kings. We kind of saw this coming, like the writing was on the wall. There was reports about it. Um, but, you know, now that it's official, what what's your thought on Luke Walton being the, the Kings head coach and do you like to hire? Um, well, I'm going to keep this very brief. I think that whole hiring should be investigated. Um, you, had <laughs> reporters while, you had reporters while he was still a Lakers head coach talking about how the Kings were going to move forward in giving him an offer. Um, yeah, but, then, you had reporters, but you had reporters talking about who was going to be the next coach of the Lakers because we all knew he was going to get fired. Right, but to me, once he's fired, that's fine. He was still employed, and then not long after the story, they then parted ways. He wasn't fired. We got to remember that. They parted ways. And then he went and got the job. Right. I don't like that. Yeah. I kind of felt like they Luke both Walton, well before. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I think that's basically like, because, you know, when like LeBron and D-Wade and Bosch all teamed up, like, you know, when it when it first happened, I was like, I don't like it. All these players like fucking, <clears throat> you know, teaming up together and deciding they were going to all go play together. Like, that's not, that's not fair. That shouldn't happen, but it's not against the rules. Just like, you know, it's not against the rules for fucking Walton's agent to essentially reach out to the fucking, like, to know the writing on the wall with the Lakers and to reach out to the Kings and be like, hey, like, I heard that you're, you know, you fired your head coach or or thinking about firing your head coach or whatever. Like, hey, my guy would love to fucking coach your team, um, and we all know that he's not going to be coaching the Lakers next year. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think it's fine. Um, just me personally. No, I, I, listen, I, I completely respect that. I just, I didn't like, it. I felt like everything happened way too quickly. Um, but as far as him being the head coach there, I love it. As long as um, Vladi can like actually get out of his own way and allow Luke to actually um do his job. I thought the the last coach, Jaeger, I, I think that that's who it was. Um, he actually made it seem like the Kings could make the eighth seed from a team we didn't even think would be anywhere near outside of the lottery. 
Um, so it's like you fired that guy. So to me, um, Luke Walton's contract lines up exactly with Vlade's. So obviously, this is Vlade's guy, and he's going to ride or die with yeah. him. Um, and, yeah, they, and have ultimately, a, they have a personal relationship and all that. So, Right. Ultimately, if Luke fails, Vladi fails, and then they're both going. Right. Um, right. But I, I, I'm excited to see what Luke is able to do out of the spotlight, out of having to coach LeBron, out of having to coach the balls, um, and, and what he's able to do with this really young team that's very talented. Um, so if he's right. not able to, to start to make that leap, yeah, it, it's going to be bad for, for Luke and Vladi. Yeah, if I'm Luke Walton and I'm going into that situation, um, I'm definitely like, if Harrison Barnes opts out, let him go. <laughs> like, don't overpay him. I, I, I struggled to see his fit. I didn't mind the trade when it happened. Um, necessarily like his fit long term with that squad. Um, it definitely didn't work out down the stretch of the the regular season. Um, and you know, like it's rare that like a trade happens and like everything just gels immediately. Um, but I do think you trade for the right player. It does happen. I.e., the guy that I thought that they should be fucking really pushing hard to get, Otto Porter ends up in Chicago and they look he looks great there. Um he's played the best basketball of this of his season there. Um and you know like uh, that that that's more the player that you want. Um definitely I would not if he opts in fine we keep him we we see what what happens um but if he opts out like I'm not I'm not laying a you know, four-year, hundred million-dollar contract at his feet, um, just because we're worried that someone else is going to scoop him up. Like, don't make that fucking mistake. Um, is all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, uh, I I do like the hire. Believer in Walton. I I you know maybe jokingly, but um, semi not jokingly. Um, you know, thought that uh, the year that Steve Kerr won Coach of the Year for the Warriors run, um, that 73-9 and nine season, Walton was the guy who coached that team for, like, almost half the year and had a better win- winning percentage when he was the coach than, than fucking Steve Kerr. Um, he only lost four games uh, uh, when he was the coach, where Kerr lost five. Um, but, you know, uh, winning percentage-wise, like, uh, Walton had had the better record. Um, I I think that I like him. I I think he's going to be a really good coach, and I think this is the right sort of opportunity for him. I like it more for him than I do the Kings. Although I will say this, my my worry is the Kings far surpassed expectations this year, um, and they could easily like come back down. Uh, next season, and then do the talk start about is this team uh, or is Walton really the right guy, blah, 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 which may be warranted. We don't know because we don't know what he will try to do with the team. Um, But I I would just caution, like put on the brakes a little bit um, and and just suggest that you got to give him – 
two or three seasons before you try to make those um, assumptions. Um, is, I guess all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, I'll I do. That, I do. Ult- yeah. No, I'll say to that <clears throat> really quickly. Um, two to three years. If this team were like horrible last year, then it's like, well, he's obviously working from literally the ground up. Like you got to give him time. This team seems right. like they're ready to make the same leap Brooklyn did this year. So, I mean, I'm not going to judge them for next year, but they doggone sure should be in the playoffs the year after, or at least fighting for that eighth seed, or I am going to start to look at Luke. They should be in the mix, Uh, yes. Yeah, in the mix, in the mix, in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if they don't make the playoffs the next two or three seasons, like, the West is still stacked. Like, it's going to be tough. Like, give them time. They have time to grow. Don't, like... You know, I don't know. Don't 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 make the mistake of saying, "Well, like he didn't get it done, so he, you know, he didn't make the playoffs, so you know he's garbage. Let's fire him." Like it, it, there's it, there's a lot of nuances that go into this, and the, the Kings, like I said, they far overplayed. Um, uh, I, I what I think is their talent level this year. Um, I think the numbers bear that out. If you look at um, their plus minus as a team and the number of games that projects to win, they exceeded that, uh, you know, analytically, a lot of that is just winning games down the stretch, which, you know, coaching comes into play there, but also just like players come into play there and um, just, you know, blind luck kind of comes into play there a little bit. Um, So like, as long as he's meeting like those analytical standards um, and the team doesn't take like, a huge step back, um, then, you know, I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, again, I still don't think they should have made the barn straight. I know why they did it. Um, and, you know, if he opts in, that's fine. That's not the end of the world. It gives you a chance to actually get a whole season with him to see, you know, what, what he can be. Um, but if he opts out, man, don't fucking pay him long-term money. Essentially, like, if he opted out, I'd be like, well, we'll give you what you would have opted in for. <laughs> like, we'll give you one year, $25 million to see, like, if you actually fit with this team. But, like, I'm not I'm not paying you, like, a huge long-term contract because um, that's the type of situation where like, you're stuck if you pay him four years, uh, $100 million. So I'll definitely say but, that. Uh, but I, what's that? Be, before the end of last season, like, as they were making their run, I wouldn't have agreed with you because I thought Harrison Barnes joining that team would have been what put them over to making uh, that possible um, AFC. And then just to kind of see, like, that he really didn't do anything, I'm like, yeah, you definitely don't deserve, like, big money. Like, Nick was right. Like, you don't deserve it. So it really it really did hurt me. Like, he didn't really elevate that team uh, in any manner um, once he got no. traded over. No, he didn't, and I and I don't necessarily think it's his fault. It's just it, he wasn't the right fit. Again, Otto Porter was the guy. That was the guy they needed to go get. That was the right fit. That was the person that would perfectly fit in with everything else that they have moving forward and in the now. And they just didn't. I I I, I have to think they tried. Um, my guess would be that you know. Washington um, ultimately 
liked Bobby Portis, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I don't know because, I mean, even the offer that they got for Otto Porter wasn't great. Um, and, like, they could have cut even more cap space if they made a deal with – uh, with uh, San Antonio, so I I don't know I don't know how that didn't happen, but it's 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 a crime against the NBA and the Sacramento specifically that it didn't happen. Um, but uh, but it is what it is. He's a Chicago Bull, and the Bulls are, you know, very smart for having made that trade. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Let's get into some playoff talk um, because God. Like we've we've had like you said at the top of the hour, we have had some really good games this season, uh, in the first round. Um unexpectedly, I might add, um, because we did not expect any of these uh East Coast teams, uh these uh lower seeded East Coast teams to really challenge um, you know, the top four. Um but uh but they have. Uh but let's start with the miraculous comeback from the Clippers last night, Golden State, you know, essentially, the, the, well, let's, let's wind it back a little bit because it's been two games now. Golden State uh, was able to um, essentially just prevail in somewhat dominating fashion uh, against the Clippers down the stretch of the second quarter in game one. Uh, and 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 just build a lead, and and you kind of saw like the wheels falling off. Um, you have Beverly and Williams like scrapping, yelling at the refs. Beverly gets tea. Um, like it's 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 it. They were in that game uh, up until about halfway through the second quarter, and then when the wheels fell off, they fell off hard. Um, but they come back in game two. They're down by thirty-one fucking points and end up coming back to win that name. Lou Williams was fucking majestic. Like, I, <laughs> I, I use that word specifically um, because I don't think there is a better word to describe his play uh, in that game. He could not miss going on the set of that game. He's so fucking amazing. Um, he finished the night with 36 points. Uh, he was plus seven in the plus minus field. Um, he just was a, everything that you like possibly want out of any sort of six man. He had eleven fucking assists. Was eight of ten from the free throw stripe. Like just fucking great. And then Harrell, fucking Montrez Harrell was nine of nine from the fucking field. And then you know had the two free throws at the end of the game that sealed the game. It was fucking amazing. Um, what are your thoughts on this series as it stands right now? Tied 1-1. Obviously, the, the, the Warriors have so much more talent and were able to kind of um, exude that in game one. Uh, and then they, they seemingly had the kind of same effect uh, in game two and got out to this big lead. Um, but, you know, down the stretch of the game, uh, the, the Clippers just kept at it. And, you know, essentially their sixth and seventh guys um, on their team. Uh, and and I, I don't necessarily think that's fair, even though they're 
you know, that the, they're two bench guys because um, they're, they're more important than their starters. Um, but nevertheless, that is structurally the way that they, they are is that, you know, the sixth and seventh guys uh, and Williams and Harrell. Um, but like, man, those two guys fucking won them this game and God, it was just, it was so fucking brilliant. Um, so what are your thoughts about, uh, where this series stands and how the Clippers were able to essentially defy uh, the odds in having the best comeback in NBA playoff history um, and essentially uh, kind of rewriting the script from game one where it seemed like game two was trending in the exact same direction. Uh, I'll, I'll start with a little bit of light humor. It's funny knowing that, like, Cleveland came back 3-1 and Clippers came back 31-3-1. Down 31. Like, I find that funny. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I did, too. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, it, it just it, it definitely goes to show you that you got to play whistle to whistle. Um, uh, I, the famous thing I always remember um, hearing about Bill Parcells is that he would, he would preach to his players. You played so the – you know, once the whistle starts for you to – to play, to start the game, you play until the whistle, you know, is blown for you to stop the game. Um, there is no like, oh, we'll, we'll lightly jog. Like, no, no, no. You play hard all four quarters, um, and just Warriors didn't play hard. Um, it, it was as simple as that. Uh, and I hate saying that because it makes it seem like they lost the game instead of the Clippers won that game. Um, and I hate making it seem like that because Clippers fought for it. Um, and yeah. I don't think it's as simple as Golden State lost. Because if you're Golden State and you hit 10 shots, um, especially in that fourth quarter, we're not really having this conversation. We're having, yeah, Clippers came back, but they didn't come back to win. Um, and, and you're down 2-0. So to me, it, it's more so Clippers took it than Warriors lost it. Um, but they got a lot of fight in them. They got a lot of fight in them. And, and I'm going to say it again. I, I think I think I said this. Um, last week, uh, you'll definitely correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. If you're a free agent, there's no way. Oh no, no, I said this about Brooklyn. I'm sorry, but if you're the Clippers, like, if you're a free agent, there's no way you look at how this team is fighting and you don't go. I could definitely make this team like a thousand times better. If you're Durant, if you're Kawhi Leonard, um, if if you're any of those big name free agents, you got to be able to look over there and go, that's the desirable spot. It has a great coach. It has great pieces. It has an owner that is willing to pay out the wazoo to get yeah. to, to garnish us success. It just seems like the, the best spot to want to go to. Um, and I tell you this, man, Patrick Beverly is going to retire uh, a Clipper unless they can get a player Ooh. that requires them to trade him. I don't see how Doc Rivers gets rid of a guy like that. Um, that is the kind of guy who can go to the other team's uh, best player. You know who he reminds me of, Nick? I, I don't know how deep in, in, in football you are. Patrick Beverly is the basketball version of Cortland Finnegan, a guy who has so much talent but seems way more interested in getting you ejected than he does in actually scoring or, or stopping you from scoring. He just wants to get <laughs> yeah, in your mind. I have no idea who Cortland Finnegan is. Sorry. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You don't remember that Andre Johnson, Cortland Finnegan fight? Anyway. Um, no. Both those guys go about the game the same way, and it's so effective. I always remember the saying of, if you can't literally stop them, you do whatever you can to 
make sure you get a, a, a W. And that's the way Patrick yeah. Beverly plays. If I can't score yeah. 30, if I can't get 10 assists, if I can't stop you from dropping 90 on me, I'll say a few things, get you thrown off your game a little bit, maybe even get you ejected. Um, and, and it looks like he's bringing that swagger and that attitude to this team. So I'm going to definitely say that unless they have to trade him, Patrick Beverly retires a Clipper because there's no way you get rid of a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely on my first uh, first team all NBA players you don't want to fight. <laughs> like, 100%. Um, like, guards would definitely be Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart. Like, I don't want to fight either one of those guys um, because they, I, I mean, they're very similar in that in that regard. They're not the best players on the court um, by any stretch of the imagination, but they give um, so much effort and intensity and, like, chippiness and everything. Um, like, God, I love Patrick Beverly. I, I, and you, you know what's funny is I heard, um, and I don't remember where I heard it, but I, I do remember hearing it um, prior to the Chris Paul trade, when Harden hadn't quite come into his own yet um, as the quote-unquote Houston guy, um, it was – they pretty much like most – I won't say most, but a lot of Houston fans like recognized that like Harden was their best player because he was obviously their best player. Um, but Patrick Beverly was their favorite player because he did – all of the fucking grit and grind little stuff. Um, and I love that. Like, um, because that was that, you know, that was my MO when I played, I was never the best player on the court, but I was, I was that Patrick Beverly type. Um, and so I've always got so much respect for those guys. Um, and he definitely fits that fucking MO. Um, and I, I too, I just love how he has that on court versus off court persona. Um, Giannis has it a little bit too, and I, I like it a lot from him, where he's just a fucking dick on the court. Because um, again, I was the same way. Like, I'm, yeah, I, don't know, I like to like. I would like to think that I'm one of the nicest people that you know anyone could ever meet. But you like meet me on a basketball court, and you're gonna be like, God, that dude's such a fucking dick. Like, I hate that fucking guy. Um, and you know, that's that's. The Patrick Beverly in me. Um, but, yeah, man, like, yeah, he was great. Um, good to see the Clippers be able to pull one out. Um, I think that being said, I think it, this kind of the wake-up call for them, they're going to uh, essentially annihilate them uh, for the next three games. It would be what I predict. Um, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, maybe the Clippers get one more out of this, this whole situation. Um, but I would not expect it. Um, really quick before we move on, DeMarcus Cousins goes down with an injury and probably going to miss the rest of the season. He's got a torn quad, uh, and you know they're going to reevaluate in about two weeks, but not looking good for him. Fucking terrible. Like, it, that sucks. That really, really sucks. I mean – the whole reason that he came to Golden State was, you know, the chance to win a championship. He wasn't getting offers that he wanted elsewhere. Um, and, you know, this could 
ultimately really affect the offers that he gets in the off season. Whereas if he had played well down the stretch of the season, you know, he, he maybe would have been looking at some max deals. Um, I, I feel fucking terrible for him. Uh, and I, I don't you just wish him the best of luck. Um, I don't think ultimately that's going to necessarily be a bad thing for the Warriors. Um, they have Bogut. They have Kevon Looney. Um, they'll be fine. Their best lineup is still um, the Hampton Five. Like, they're going to be okay, um, you know, team-wise. But I just felt terrible for Cousins. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I could care less of what his injury means to the Warriors. I care more about the idea that um, any contract that his play would have garnished is gone. Like any any top, like some team was going to pay Boogie a crazy amount of money. Like obviously not super max or anything crazy like that, but they were going to pay him a lot. If I'm a team, even if I'm looking for a free agent and, and I, I missed out on all the big ones and I just need a name, I'm still not desperate enough to pay a guy who just came off of an ACL and now this? No, I'm sorry. There's, uh, Achilles. There's no way. Not ACL. Uh, Achilles. Achilles. Like I'm ACL. Sorry. Achilles. ACL would actually be like not as terrifying. Right, Achilles. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't see it. I, if, if I'm him, um, and I can come back next year, like obviously it puts me out the rest of this year, but I can come back next year. I probably try to do a two-year deal um, with Golden State. I, I mean, at this point, just yeah, win rings. Probably. Uh, Especially, money especially if Katie leaves. Like, if right. Katie leaves and they somehow, you know, before they re-sign Clay um, and, you know, maybe I, – I honestly, I have to take a deep dive into the look on their cap space. But if they can give him, like, $12, 15000000 million, even for one year, like, if they can make that work, um, you know, I, I would definitely think about – you know, making that happen, like doing that. If I'm Demarcus Cousins, um, a I'm going to be like a bigger part of the offense, um, and B like I don't necessarily see your better options because um, I I, no, I don't think you're going to get much I mean, more than that. Yeah, honestly, the the only other place I saw Demarcus Cousins going that might be willing to pay him a little bit more than anyone else. Um, is if Lakers don't land anyone. Yeah. Uh, I could see them no. signing DeMarcus and then trading for um, whoever, Bradley Beal or, or Damian Lillard yeah. or whoever, um, and, and pair yeah. that up. Um, but, yeah, he might as well just retire a, a warrior. I mean, it's, it, it's your best option, and it sucks because I really thought he was earning himself a decent to really good contract. Um, with his offensive play, I, I know you've said all year that his defensive play hasn't been that good. Um, better, no, not not no. good at all. Uh, <laughs> so, um, it's been really offensively, bad. right? Offensively, I thought he earned him a really good contract. Um, but this is truly unfortunate. But again, um, he can retire Golden State Warriors, so it's not like it's the end of his NBA career. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, but. Still, it sucks. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the other game that we had last night, Philadelphia versus Brooklyn. 
Philadelphia, first things first, we got to talk about game one because that was a fucking shit show. Um, and I've got a lot of thoughts on it, but I'm going to try to keep it brief because we are running short on time. Um, two things. One, obviously, uh, Embiid, well, three things. Embiid did not look fully healthy. Um, he didn't look fully healthy in game two, but at least he was able to kind of play, you know, a little bit more minutes. So that's obviously concerning for the Sixers, um, you know, moving forward, not even just for the playoffs, but just in general. Um, they played him way too much early on in the season. And, like, when he was playing back-to-backs early on in the season and fucking they're just, like, the Raptors are out just, like, resting Kawhi. I'm like, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, like, I, I mean, I guess if he's healthy, you just play him. But, like, wear and tear and all that, like, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I would totally – if Embiid was on my team, there's no way that he would play more than, like, 80% of the regular season. Like, I would just be resting him throughout the season, just like the Raptors did with Kawhi. And they pretty much rested him about 20 to 25% of the regular season. It made total sense. Um, same thing I'd be doing with Embiid. Um Also, Ben Simmons just seemed totally fucking disinterested. He just he he worries me, man, because he's got all the fucking talent, um, the physical attributes, um, the passing, uh, you know, the, the the ability to drive. We all know he can't shoot, uh, which is you know obviously something he needs to work on. But like for me, even more than like his lack of shooting, and I don't know if it, I don't know if it's unfair for me to make this assessment based off of his personality and the way he kind of doesn't show up at times in games, but he just seems disinterested. Like he doesn't fucking care. And like one thing that I cannot abide as a um, fan, uh, you know, uh, 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 someone who's played basketball, like I, like there was never, I never played a game where I didn't fucking care um, and always gave, I mean, we just talked about it, how much we love a guy like Patrick Beverly because he's always out there giving a hundred fucking percent. Like, and, you know, with Simmons, it's like, you don't always get that. And we certainly didn't get it in game one. And then I, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, but Brett Brown, like kind of refusing to move away from like his game plan early on. Uh, in that first game, um, you know, essentially when when they went small, when when the Nets went small, like I I was continuously like shouting at the television, like why is Mike Scott not in right now? Why is he not playing the five? Um, it made no sense to me. Um, Bovan, like he was totally fine in his like 15 minutes. He was even better in game two because. Uh, Brooklyn didn't go small in game two for very long because uh, um, uh, Jared Dudley uh, could not in that game. But, like, for the first game, like, when they went small, I, I just like, dude, if you if they're going small, like, this gives you the perfect opportunity to put Mike Scott at the five and then just 
surround Ben Simmons with shooters and like just like let him go to fucking town, space the floor out, and just let him fucking drive and dish. And like they didn't do that at all. Um, and it was just I, I I didn't understand it. I was just like this makes fucking no sense to me. Um, and I I don't really hear Brett getting a lot of heat from that. Maybe I've missed it. Um, but I totally think that was something that was very suspect. Now, flip the switch to game two. Again, the Nets didn't really go small. Dudley didn't play. Uh, Davis only gave him six minutes. Um, and they, they just didn't, didn't go with that. Uh, and, you know, obviously, um, you know, they figured out some things defensively. Uh, Harris wasn't able to get up nearly as many three-point uh, shots. Um, and, and really the rest of the team uh, wasn't able to get up a whole bunch. Russell and Dinwiddie both got up seven, but they only need three of those, which is a fine percentage. But the rest of the team, uh, you know, Kuroks got up two, missed them both. Harris got up two, missed them both. Uh, Carroll got up five, missed two. Uh, Napier did get up, uh, did make two or three, and Pinson made three or four. But they they were able to – um, sort of limit their looks a lot more uh, than they were in game one, even though the Nets still shot a very uh, good percentage of 41.7%. Um, I am not worried about Philly for this series, but I am worried about Philly for these playoffs. I think it would be a small miracle if they made it past round two um now granted uh they do like theoretically have the raptors uh in in the second in the second round um so that can obviously uh go either way for a lot of the same reasons um but i i still i'm a little worried um but nevertheless what are your thoughts on the sixers nets uh first two games I it, it's weird because I look at it to where, <clears throat> excuse me, um, what you say about Ben Simmons is so true, and I think um, his level of disinterest is a huge problem. I always thought it was a problem when he knew coming out of college he wasn't good at shooting the ball, and we've seen no stride to try to be good at shooting the ball. I'm not talking three-pointers. I'm not talking deep mid-range. Just like making the defense honest. I saw the guy come up right. the court and Brooklyn was at the rim. Like, the, the, his defender was at the rim. Like, he was, he knew he wasn't going to shoot the ball. What are you going to do? Right. You got to drive it. So, right. to me, <clears throat> and at least, it, it hurts. Like, with, with a guy right. like Russell Westbrook, like, he shoots terribly from outside. He shoots like 25% on the season. Um, but you, you see, like, he keeps them honest. And so it's like, I don't, I'm not trying to say that Ben Simmons should like take five three-pointers in a game, but maybe one or two, or, you know, maybe just one or two from mid-range, just something, um, you know, or it, maybe not even this season, but he needs to develop that in the off season. Um, because we've literally seen no progression in his skill set from last year to this year. He's the same fucking player he was last year. Yeah. Same exact. And 
I remember saying my biggest knock on Giannis was his ability, his inability to shoot the ball early, um, early in his career. And you've seen the complete right. transformation of Giannis as a yes. player. Um, yep. And with Ben, it just doesn't seem to be there. And it would break my heart if Ben Simmons turned out to be uh, a more talented version of Andrew Wiggins. Um, a guy who just has all the ability in the world just does absolutely yeah. nothing with it. Um, he's seeming yeah. more and more like a guy who just likes to get NBA checks, but doesn't actually like to really work for it, um, which is truly a bummer. God. Because this it, it 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 pains me that I can't argue you on that point. <laughs> like I want to, <laughs> but I can't. I can't. Yeah, listen. Like I don't enjoy saying it because I honestly did think. Um, that the Sixers had a shot at, at you know, um, playing playing for an NBA championship. And it's hard to do that when a team knows that they can look at one guy and literally know, I don't have to do anything with this guy. Like, literally nothing. I, I don't have to do anything. Right. And, and the biggest difference between uh, what you were saying about Westbrook and what I was saying about Giannis is that the way that they keep the other teams uh, honest is that they at least attempt the three-point shot. Like, even if they miss yeah. three or four, they're attempting them. Because it's like, all right, well, if Westbrook just missed four threes, you're not going to leave him open to continue to take threes. Like, he'll start making them. So, like, you have to go, you have to D up on him. When it, when it comes to Big right. Simmons, he doesn't even attempt to take them. So, to me, no. I do give Brooklyn a, a great chance um, to, uh, to eliminate the Sixers, mainly because Jimmy Butler had a really good game one. Didn't really hear from him in game two. I guess you didn't really need him. The team played really great. Um, but yeah. unless Jimmy Butler has a breakout well, Reddick, game. Reddick I'm had sorry. an amazing turnaround. Like, Reddick was great in game two, was non-existent in game one. But it's scary that your team kind of lives and dies by Reddick's ability to hit shots. That's not... You don't want that to be, especially because he's the fifth best player in your starting five. You don't want mm. him to be the guy who dictates things, you know, but right. kind of is. Yeah. And I will say this. If the Nets want to win this series, their best asset isn't D'Angelo Russell. Their best asset, and this is the same thing, remember I said in the playoffs last year, was Boston's best asset. Their best I'm asset wondering is if you're going center. Um, oh. Josh Allen. I'm going with Josh Jared Allen the Allen. same way I went with Aaron Baines Jared last year. Allen. Jared Allen, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, because his length disrupts Embiid. His only problem is, and it's the problem I saw yeah. the entire game. No one's stopping Embiid, bro. No, 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 no. The only no, no, thing no. stopping Embiid is no, no. injury. No, notice what I said, disrupts. I didn't say stop. It doesn't disrupt disrupts. him, though. It doesn't, no, uh, that. No, no, I disagree. I no, Embiid likes to. Sh- I think their best. Go ahead. I think their best asset is fucking Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Like Karis LeVert, like Dinwiddie got all the praise from Game One because he had a really good third quarter. But like uh, Dinwiddie and and Karis LeVert um, are just better players than uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like they're they're like all around players. They're better. Um, and 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 I. I don't know. I think Russell gets a lot of praise, um, and he's going to get a fat contract um, at the end of the season. Though maybe not. Like maybe. Well, maybe I could honestly see 
someone giving him a fat contract and Sean Marks being like, okay, fine, let him go. Like, I'm not, I'm not matching well, that. Um, if, if you're Brooklyn, personally. the only way you give D'Angelo Russell a fat contract is if you can't get Kyrie and you can't get Kimba. Uh, then you go ahead and you say, you know what? I this, this still wouldn't give him a fat contract. I well, no, no, I just no. don't trust him. I'm man. saying I could see Brooklyn being desperate enough to give them, to give him that fat contract. If you lose out I on on two of the top uh, point guards, I would I would hope that Sean Marks is smarter than that. Just personally, we shall like, see. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we we will see. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I. I I don't know. I think Allen's see back to your point about Allen. I think he is he he's a good center. Um he is a quote-unquote rim protector. Um but he does nothing to slow down or stop Embiid. The only thing stopping Embiid is his fucking knee. Um and well, I, I was that trying is to say certainly iffy at this point. With the um with that pick, I was trying to say the one problem I saw um, constantly in game two was Embiid was bodying him. Um, like, you yeah. would think a guy that tall has, like, has a better match. Like, he was just being thrown around like a rag doll. What I was saying yeah, about making Embiid uncomfortable is if you could find a way to limit his shooting. Like, if he's, if he's backing you down in the post, you're just going to have to try to double and, and hope for the best. But if you can try to limit his shooting and force him to pass it, to make Redick, uh, you know, make a play, make Jimmy make a play, make Tobias make a play, or make Ben make a play, um, your chances look better because they've shown that they're somewhat inconsistent when you're asking everyone else to, to make a play outside of the okay. game. Um, so that's yeah, what I was saying. I, if you could kind of try to neutralize that and force everyone else to win that game, you have a great chance if you're Brooklyn. If if Embiid can average thirty in this series, then you don't. Yeah, I uh, I, I get where you're coming from there. I just don't think he can do that. I just they, there's there's no way that they can stop Embiid. Um, and and to me, like your path to success, given that I don't think there is any way for them to stop Embiid, is stopping everybody outside of them. Um, I will say this. Last honestly, point, the only way the seniors lose this series is if they like shoot themselves in the foot. Like that, that's the only which excuse. is possible. Like the, yeah, it's can possible. You, can you at least um, say this though, Nick? Last year, Horford and Baines made Embiid uncomfortable. Couldn't stop. Oh him, yeah, but made him yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's a that's whole all different saying. fucking. Yeah, that's a whole different beast though. That I mean, that Boston team is. So much better than uh, I agree. than this Brooklyn team. So I'm just um, saying, but stopping him is impossible. Making uh, making him uncomfortable is doable. Not easy, but doable. So whether it's just uh, just Allen or it's a committee thing, um, like you you're doubling him. Um, th- th- yes, you're gonna have a lot of success if you're forcing him to pass it every time he gets in the low post. Um, I, I just think it's doable, and they seem to go as he goes. So if you can get him out of it, I really do think Nets can make this a seven-game series, and I'm kind of leaning more towards Brooklyn at this point. Interesting. 
Um, I'm definitely not. I think the Sixers, I don't think they've quote-unquote figured it out, um, but I, I'm still I'm still a little worried about Brown's coaching and Simmons' motivation. More so Brown's coaching, though. Um, like, if they go small again when they get um, Dudley back, if he doesn't counteract that with Brown, uh, with um, Mike Scott at the five and just, like, trying to open the floor for Simmons, um, giving you, like, a perfect opportunity to do that uh, and you're not taking it, you're putting in Boban, who cannot defend the pick and roll. Like, I, I, like Boban was fucking amazing uh, in game two. Like, he was great because he was playing against, like, other bigs who, who couldn't space the floor. Um, like, I mean, Allen had 23 minutes, uh, and, and, and they tried to play uh, Hollis Jefferson, but he's not kind of the same force uh, that Dudley is. Um, but, like, it, it's just – it's not the same. Um, and, you know, I, I – I, I just think that you know you you have to adapt and 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 you know play the guys that um, make the most sense at any given time, um, and I I think that um, you know obviously he didn't do that in game one he did it in game two but only to a certain degree because the the lineup that was so successful against them uh, in, in game one wasn't on the floor. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but let's move on. Uh, really quickly, Milwaukee, Detroit. Milwaukee is going to sweep them. I don't see any, any universe in which this does not happen. Um, I mean, essentially, Milwaukee is just – I mean, Giannis was fucking crazy against them. They didn't have Blake. I don't think that matters. Um, I think they win that game regardless. Um, it's just it, it's just not going to happen for, for this team. Um, I mean, Giannis was uh, plus 30 in the plus-minus, um, 24 points, uh, 17 rebounds, four assists, one steal. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he just, like, essentially made him pay. And, you know, what's crazy is, like – he was one of five from three and five of twelve from the free throw line. Five of twelve from the free throw line, um, which is just fucking terrible. Um, but it didn't matter because they're so outmatched. Um, so the, there's just nothing that Detroit can do in this scenario. They're going to lose the series. They're going to get swept, uh, most likely. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. They they limped into the playoffs, and you know I guess. You could give them a golf clap on that, um, but they're just—they're not that good. I will say this: I'm picking Detroit to win one game uh, at home. Ah. Um, I'm assuming Blake comes back. Um, I'll say this: Dwayne Casey. I see what you're trying to do with Don Maker. I think what you forgot is that Don Maker isn't made of muscle. Um, he's right. really tall. There's a reason his so, nickname is Thin Maker. <laughs> right. So you thinking Giannis uh, is going to be stopped and or uh, distracted by the length of, of Thon Maker? 
I mean, I get you had to do something. So that that's the reason why I won't kill you on it, but it wasn't smart. Like, right away, when Giannis first scored on him, you should have immediately said, we got to figure out something. We got to double him. Or knowing that he was shooting 5 of 12 from the free throw line, put him on the line more. Um, put him on the line more, force him to make free throws, and if he can't, that's when you get rebounds and you start to try to make a run. Um, it just They didn't play smart that entire game. But I find it hard to believe that Blake makes them worse. Um, I don't think Blake is the savior, but I do think Blake can get them a game. Just a game at home. A game maybe Milwaukee kind of take, takes them too lightly and they're able to pull one out. I'm not going, I'm not going out and saying that uh, Detroit's getting swept. I think they can at least get one game. But this series is, is indeed over in five. Um, <laughs> let me not try to make it seem like it, it's going to be six, uh, six or seven games, but I have to risk and get one game. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not. I, I think it's going to be a sweep. This is, I think, I want to say this is the only sweep that I picked out of all of the first round um, matchups. Um, I almost picked a Warriors-Clippers sweep um, when Luke and I broke down the the, the, the playoff preview. Um, but I, I ended up being like, no, you know what? Like the, I think the Clippers will get one. I really do. And they ended up doing it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just – I don't think whether you got Blake or not. Because, like, again, who's going to guard Giannis? Nobody. They have nobody. And I know, like – Honestly, like, no team has anybody to guard Giannis. Um, but they also don't have, like, the, the, the like, players to, like, keep up offensively. Um, you know, they, they, they just don't – they don't have the, 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 the right players, the right um, matchups to, to make this series anything. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not holding out that hope that you are. Hey, we'll see. Maybe. I mean, fuck, no one would have thought the Clippers were going to win last night, especially when they were down 31, Uh, but they did, so we'll see. Uh, All right, moving on, Utah and Houston. Houston kicked the fucking shit out of Utah. Um, It was was close up until a certain point until it wasn't, (laughs) and um, essentially, like, they – Tried to get cute with the way they they were guarding Harden, and it just didn't work. Um, and I I don't even remember what I predicted this series, but I feel like um, I feel like people were giving Utah too much credit and thinking it was going to go deep. And um, maybe I was one of those people, depending on what I picked at the time. I, again, I don't remember uh, what I what was my um, final count on the games for the series. Um, but like they 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 can't guard Harden. Um, they can't really score effectively. Um, that's always kind of been their problem. Uh, and I I just don't see that getting better. I I think. This is going to be an easier series than most people thought coming into it uh, for Houston. Um, I think game one was very much evidence of that. Um, I'd be very surprised if this goes uh, to six games or more. Yeah, I I think my biggest issue with with Utah is that 
to me, I get it. They've struggled offensively. To me, there should be no reason why this team couldn't have kept this game closer defensively. Like, I get it. Harden is a scoring machine. No one really can stop a guy who could cough, and the refs are going to, you know, put him on the foul line. But to me, (laughs) it's by committing. They didn't. Right. No, no, no. I'm just saying the idea that this guy could cough and the refs put him on the line. um, It's hard to defend that. Um, But to me, I kind of just felt like my biggest thing is, Nick, when you play a team that's not Golden State or or even Boston, if you want to say Boston, a team that has one guy that stands out, um, to me, you double that guy and you force Chris Paul to win that game. You force um, those other guys to win that game. That's always been my mindset. I I know they tried that and it didn't work. They just. There was there was nothing they could do. Like they tried it early in the game and it didn't work, and so they went away from it. And then nothing worked, I, I, and I don't think anything is gonna work. I don't know. You, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to throw different things at me. You're gonna have to mix it up. But I, I I will say I'm not giving up on Utah. I'm still picking Utah to win this series. Um, I have a lot of faith in Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I don't think you're on last fucking year, crack. Sorry, I'm, I'm sticking with him. I don't think last year's first-round win was a fluke. I think that team is really good. Um, I think they also had the benefit of not having to play a James Harden-like player. Um, but I do give this team a little bit more credit. Not a little bit more. A lot more credit than you're giving them. Um, and I'm saying it will go seven games, and I'm still sticking it out with Utah. Um because at some point, Gobert is going to have to have a huge game. At some point, Mitchell's going to have to have a huge game. I just – I believe that. Um, and we have seen Harden go cold. Like, that's, that's not out of the realm of possibility. We have seen him go cold. And yeah. when he goes, they go. Um, like, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, no, no, Chris Paul can lead them. Yeah, no, but you need Harden being able to give you something. If he's completely cold, it's hard for Chris Paul at his stage in his career to be the guy that is the catalyst for you winning that game. I'm not saying it's impossible, um, but I don't deem it likely. So I am still holding out hope for Utah. Um, I'd be fine if, if Houston did still advance because um, it seems like they might be able to beat um, Golden State, but I'm still holding out hope for Utah. Yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> obviously, um, I, I just don't. I, it's not that I don't think Utah's really good because I do. I just think Houston's a lot better, um, and all of the matchups that I guess you and and some other people like that Utah brings to the table, I just think are counteracted by Houston because they have James Arden, um, and they just. And James Harden this year is like even a different beast than he was in previous years. Like he's just fucking unstoppable, man. Um, like I, I just I don't see any way that that Utah pushes this beyond five games. Um, it, it, let me take that back. I, I don't see any way in which they win the series. Um, I, I I could see them potentially pushing it um, to six or seven um, in, in a perfect world for them. Um, but like, they're, they're not going to win the series. No fucking way. Um, it's just, they're, they're just not good enough. <laughs> it's just plain and simple. They don't, they don't have um, 
they don't have the offense to be able to get things done, and like just nobody can stop James Harden. Um, and then when the rest of your team uh, essentially shoots 50% from the field, like because James Harden is so good, and you're trying to like figure out a way to stop him, and then all these other guys in the woods. He's fucked. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do. Um, and the other cool thing about this game for Utah was, you know, they they kept all their guys, all the, their whole starting lineup uh, played on average 32 minutes. Um, like, that's very nice for them because they do not want to get overextended or exhausted by playing Utah before they have to go play Golden State. It was very good for. Uh, them that uh, Golden State ended up taking an L uh, against um, the Clippers uh, because they, um, you know, essentially don't want to be outrested by the Warriors, knowing that they have them coming up in the second round. But yeah, I don't know. I I said this with our playoff preview. It's just a bad draw, bad draw for the Jazz. I mean, I think they are absolutely. Um, one of the eight best teams in the league. It just sucks for them that they're not going to be, you know, one of the eight teams that advanced to the second round because of the draw they got. You know, had they been playing OKC in this round, I would have taken the Jazz. Um, pretty much just about anybody they were in standing to play, um, you know, if they were playing Portland, would have taken the Jazz. Um, but it just didn't work out for them. Um, so is what it is. Uh, but let's move on. Magic Toronto. I'm just, I'm just going to let, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, your soapbox and just let you go. What you do with it is up to you. Kyle Lowry was 0 for 7 from the field. 0 for 6 from 3. 0 for 2 from the free throw line. He had seven rebounds, eight assists, two steals, only two turnovers. But, um, you know, essentially, he couldn't get it done. um, And the Magic lose by three. Meanwhile, on the other side of the equation, DJ Augustine fucking went off. He (laughs) had uh, 25 points including the game-winning shot uh, and six assists, a steal, two boards, uh, only one turnover uh, in 30 minutes of play. It was 9 of 13 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3. Uh, was magnificent. Um, Raptors lose to the Magic in game one uh, by four points. What are your thoughts? That Kyle Lowry makes it super easy for me. Um, so I, I didn't even um, the, the writing is there. Uh, I keep telling you guys he's not an all-star. Um, and every time he needs to be, he usually isn't. Um, but I put this game more so on Magic playing really Come on, good man, basketball. I you up so well. You did, but I, I, I'm not going to go. I was really helping. I was really hoping like a like a hot take like TJ Augustine is better than Kyle Lowry. <laughs> That's what I want. Nah, man. First of all, we don't have the time because uh, I could go on a huge rant like that. We we don't have the time. So I'll <laughs> yeah, save that. That's true. Um, yeah, that's and true. mainly, what I don't want to do is talk him into a good game, and then I have to come here 
with like crap on my face next time we we, we do the show. Right. He drops thirty and they won by fifteen. So yeah. you already know my feelings on he, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> yes, and he was he was over seven, but <laughs> interestingly enough, he was the only member of the starting lineup to have a positive plus minus. He was plus eleven. Everybody else on the court was minus something. Um, I don't know how that happens. Happenstance, yeah, I, don't I guess. Get that either. Uh, yeah, it's like it's one of those weird things where like you see someone has like a high value over a replacement player, um, but their their plus minus is not great. You know, it's like. Well, how can you be that valued over the guy who's backing you up and your plus minus sucks? Like, it's just weird. Um, but, you know, it, it it did happen. He was plus 11 as far as when he was on the court versus when he was off the court. I, I, again, I think it just happens, Chance. I don't think I, – I, I don't credit that to, to Lowry. No, not at all. Not even the slightest. But – um. Really quickly, I do want to say I, I do put the loss of this game uh, purely on the shoulders of Kawhi. Um, this is a game where you just you, you show your dominance. You flex. You flex. You show Clippers why uh, they want to do anything to get you. You show the, the Lakers why they'll, they'll want to do anything to get you, the Knicks. Um, and you flex. This is against an, an Orlando team that's You've been well-rested all season. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, that that's a huge point. Thank you for that. Uh, this is a game where Kawhi should just have had a stat line of 45, um, six assists, 11 boards, three steals. Like, this is a game where you yeah. just kind of show the NBA that, like, you're that guy. Um, and the fact that you weren't able to close this out against Orlando, and I don't mean to say Orlando, like, disrespectfully, but you were the number two seed in the East for a reason. Um, and you struggled. Like, you didn't just lose. You struggled. Struggled, um, and then yeah. Kawhi Leonard. You could even you could make the argument. I don't blame him on the last second shot uh, that Augustine hit. Um, it was more so Gasol not coming up off the screen. Um, but if you're Kawhi, you fight over that screen and you 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 get that block. You get that block, um, and, and you save the day. I just think if you're the best player on that team, because we would be killing Demar Derozan if Demar Derozan had lost this game against Orlando Magic. So we have to be we have to be fair. You have to kill Kawhi the same. One hundred percent correct. Yeah, so I, I put this on Kawhi. So that's my thoughts of this first game. I don't think Orlando's gonna win the series. Um unless you can get huge games out of your bigs, um, which I just don't see. Um but yeah, this this was an eye opener of Kawhi Leonard more so than anything else. See, I don't I don't know. I I mean, he was he was incredibly efficient um, from the field. He shot ten of eighteen, three of five from three, two of three from the line. Not not great, but he just didn't get to the line a, a lot. Um, six boards, three assists. Um, but I will give you that Orlando was not afraid of him as far as like you know this this empowering defensive presence. They didn't fucking care. They they went after him and this whole team. Um, you know, because, I mean, if you look at this team, um, if you look at all of these guys, Kyle Lowry, um, I know you don't like Kyle, but, like, like uh, 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 at least the general consensus is he's a plus defender. Uh, Danny Green, plus defender. Kawhi Leonard, elite defender. Pascal Siakam, at 
least a plus defender. And Mark Gasol used to be an elite defender, is now a plus defender. Like those are five your five guys in your starting lineup are plus defenders. And you got a Baca off the bench, Ananobi, like both plus defenders. You got seven guys who like supposedly are plus defenders and you gave up 104 points to the Orlando Magic. Um, you gave up 25 points to DJ Augustine. Um, and, like, that's just crazy. And, and to me, like, it, it, it just comes back to, to Lowry. Like, you're supposed to be a plus defender. You can't give up 25 points. Like, everybody else on this team, nobody else scored close to that. The rest of the points on the team were kind of spread around. Gordon didn't have a good game. He only got 10 on 3 of 10. Jonathan Isaac was fine. He got 5. Uh, or, I'm sorry, 11 on 5 of 10. Um, but, I mean, he, he he's not, you know, great. Uh, Vucevic was definitely neutralized. Um, only 3 of 14 for 11 points. Um, and and, and uh, Yvonne Fournier was okay. Um, he had 16 points on 7 of 18 shooting. Um, but, like, for Augustine to go off for nine of thirteen, um, that's just that's crazy. Like you, you, you should not have that happen. And like I, I, I can't, I can't put the blame on anybody else but the guy that should be shutting him down, and that's Kyle Lowry. And it's just, it's like, dude, what, like, what's happening? And and not to mention Michael Carter Williams, who like got tossed in the game for, you know, fucking, like just being pissed off. Um, he was four of eight, had ten points. Like props to Mike Carter Williams. He's like kind of starting over his career. Um uh but like yeah, uh, like and, and, and Terrence Ross, they, they they made him insignificant. Uh it was two of eleven uh from the field. Um he, he did get to the stripe five times and made all five of them, but um like it, you know, he ultimately um wasn't great from the field. And only one in five from three. So, you know, like, where does the ball stop? Like, I think the ball stops with Kyle Lowry. And, like, that's why I got to give you your props. Like, I mean, I it, it's a one-game sample size. I expect him to play better as this series goes on. He was actually good last playoff series. DeRozan was the weak link um, last year. Um, but, like, this game was was – Definitely a referendum uh, against uh, against him, against Lowry. Um, and so, yeah, I got to give you props on that, um, at least for the time being, until, you know, until I don't have to give you those props. Um, but, you know, <laughs> as, as I say I'm worried about the Sixers, I am equally kind of worried now about Toronto, who I picked to come out of the East. Um, and... I think that uh, if they if the Sixers match up with Toronto in the uh, uh, in the second round, I could definitely see the Sixers like having a path to beat them. So, but we'll see. Um, all right, just super super fucking quick. Um, the uh, Celtics um, got down early against the Pacers. Um, but, you know, essentially annihilated them in the third quarter, scored 26 points, held 
the Pacers to eight. Pacers just couldn't hit a fucking shot to save their life. Um, give credit to Boston's defense. Also, you know, give, just, I guess, detriment to the Pacers' uh, inability to just hit anything. Um, and, and, and I think one of the shots was a was a uh, uh, interference call. So it was like uh, goaltending. Um, so uh, so they actually only made one shot from the field uh, in that whole fucking second quarter uh, or third quarter. Excuse me. Um, the Pacers just don't. They don't have enough to compete with the Celtics. Like nobody can stop Kyrie. Um, and you know. This was just a terrible game. It was so boring. Um, it was the lowest scoring game that I could fucking remember. Eighty-four to seventy-four um, may have been the lowest scoring game in playoff history. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, it, it just, just Celtics are going to win the series. Pacers are probably going to stretch it out to maybe six games, five or six games, maybe seven if they're lucky. Um, but I Pacers winning. Your thoughts? I don't either, but that that game one did teach uh, did show me one thing, and that is if Oladipo was healthy, this would go seven games. And I would honestly, yeah, um, depending on how he played, like the the second half of the season, um, I would honestly be super um, willing to give the Pacers the edge because um, I do yeah, feel as though too. they uh, they are the better team. Um, Celtics may have the better talent, but the the Pacers are just the better team. And I think it would show yep. if their best score was there. And I think the entire East, um, if it doesn't drastically change, should definitely be terrified of a healthy uh, Indiana Pacers team. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I don't put it past them to be in the market for Jimmy Butler. Um, I know we've kind of speculated on a lot of various teams for him to go to. Like, if you like essentially brought back everybody but replaced Boyan Bogdanovich with Jimmy Butler, you've just gotten a lot better. Um, like, I love Bogdanovich. He's great, but I mean, Butler's on a different level. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to depend a lot on what they do this offseason. Like, a lot of fucking free agents. I mean, they're, they're just, again, a team just like Miami, just consistently good. Um, and props to teams like that because there's not very many of them. All right, moving on. San Antonio, uh, they were able to beat uh, – oh, wait, real quick. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Actually, no, let's move on. Uh, San Antonio versus Denver tonight. Uh, it, it, we get game two. Um, who do you expect to win game two? And what did you think of the first game in which the Spurs were able to uh, obviously – you know, pull the number and get the, ups, uh, I guess, upset over the Nuggets um, with a, a clutch, clutch fucking play uh, from uh, fucking Derek White, man. 7 to 10 from the field, had the clutch steal, sealed the deal in the game, 16 points, 5 assists, uh, 3 boards, 1 steal. Um, what are your thoughts on game one and who do you got winning game two? Um, as much as I want to say Denver, because it's just like there's no way you're, le- you're, you're losing uh, both games at home, um, I, I want to say Denver wins it. But if I learned anything from that first game, I was actually watching with Joel. I told him, I said, if I learned anything from this first game, it's that Denver's doing exactly what I thought that they would do. 
in the playoffs, which is look inexperienced. And that's exactly what they, they look. you got to go to Jokic. Yeah. Um, you just have to. You, you have to. Give it to him as much as possible, and you allow him to direct uh, direct the offense. But I don't see Spurs losing this series. I, I don't even honestly see them losing tonight. I, I see them beating them by at least 10 um, and just showing them that, wow. you know, they're outcoached and um, they're more experienced. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it might happen. I think I think Denver gets it done tonight. I still have faith in Denver to win this series, though. I you know I did say I think I I said it would take up seven games, um, and it's it's going to be a tough series throughout. Um, but no, I I'll take Denver tonight. Um, all right, final one. Portland was able to uh, essentially you know take care of OKC by five points. Um, Paul George was like neutralized. He just he could not hit shots um, from deep. Russell Westbrook was um, really good in this game. Uh, like was able to like get to the basket and and make plays. Um, fed Adams. Uh, but the big story of this game, obviously, was Ines Cantor um, fucking like, just playing great and dominating uh, his former team. Um, what do you think about uh, that game, and who are you taking tonight and for the series? I didn't think McCollum would ah. be healthy enough to play. Um, it, it shocked but he me is, and Joel. He played well. Right, it shocked me and Joel that he was playing because we were like, "How is Portland winning? Like, who is scoring?" Um, <laughs> so it, it completely shocked us. So I, I'm sticking with Portland to win the series. Uh, and huge shout out to playoff Paul George. You know the guy that you know. It disappeared, you know, since him being proclaimed yeah, MVP his shoulders first half of the up, season. He played well, good no, defense. no excuses. Yeah, well, he played good defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was, offense. He ball. just could. He just couldn't hit a shot, and, he, and like he had a couple big threes down the stretch, but like they weren't really big threes because the game was already out of reach when he hit them. Right. Um, but like. But like, yeah, he was he was bad, man. Like, it got to the point where I was just like, "Quit shooting threes, Paul!" Like, I'm yelling at you like I normally yell at Russell Westbrook. Like, like just fucking figure something else out. Drive, do something. Like, it's not working. Um, but uh, but Dame Lillard got no problem hitting threes. Square up from 32 feet away. Like, just fucking drain it. He hit uh, a three to open the game from like 30 feet away, and then he hit that three. When Russell Westbrook was sagging to close the game out, very poetic for uh, for D. Lillard, uh, and a fucking great like great effort and and play from him, uh, despite like a stretch throughout the middle of the game where he didn't do much. I mean, he opened strong, he closed strong, and that's what you want from your best player. Um, ultimately, I think OKC wins tonight. I still have them to win the series, um, but I I do think it's open for Portland. Um, and the, the the very interesting thing is we got Portland, Oklahoma City, Denver, and San Antonio all in the same bracket. Who's going to come out? Fucking who knows, man. But anyway, Juwan, thanks for joining me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you all on Thursday. Until then, peace. Peace.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.